Grand Rising family, peace and love. Welcome to SFA Charlotte. Here where we strive for achievement. I'm your hostess, Keeks, or you may also know me as Laura Have Mercy. But we want to welcome you all to this. Welcome y'all to this room, baby. Welcome, welcome, welcome. But before we go ahead and introduce the topic, y'all already know I gotta introduce y'all to my team, my co-producers, my brothers, my family. It's all love. But first and foremost, let me go ahead and introduce my big brother. He gonna keep you on your P's and Q's, and it's always out of love, y'all. Brother Stokes. Crossing T's and dotting I's and then running around the O's like I just don't know. Okay. <laughs> okay. And then next, we got the educator, the preacher with the feature, the poet, and you know it. <laughs> Not list. The preacher with the feature. That was hot. I've never heard that before. <laughs> What's up, y'all? Let's get it. <laughs> you play on coming across the Himalayas. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Put it all together. Oh, my goodness. Y'all going crazy. Y'all so silly. But we want to welcome y'all, man. So, of course, as always, we coming to y'all with another topic, another conversation, just to pick your brains and really just get your minds going and really just to have a teaching moment because that's what it's all about learning, right? So today we're going to be talking to y'all about sex work, sex workers, sex work, everything all about it, baby. So let's go ahead and get into it. What really inspired this conversation? I don't know. I feel like sex work is one of those things where the culture surrounding the the subject matter itself has changed a lot over time. And I don't know. It's just something I feel like we should talk about, you know, in our previous episode and us talking about masturbation and also just getting into the conversation of educating people about sex work and things surrounding the realm of sex work. Because I feel like sometimes people can be very judgmental. Um, yeah, we all here to learn today, baby. We all in class today. So before we go ahead and dive into the topic, pretty much I have some questions I wanted to ask for the audiences and then also for my co-producers. But before we get into the questions, I'm going to go ahead and give you guys a general description of what is sex work and what is a sex worker because you know we don't want to assume that everyone knows what those things are so what is sex work i define sex work as work being done by a sex worker as a means of making an income and i actually have an amazing quote i received from this article the title of the article is called understanding sex work in an open society and this article was published by organization called OpenSocietyFoundations.org. And a quote reads, quote, sex workers are adults who receive money or goods in exchange for consensual services or erotic performances, end quote. Now, these services can be done on and offline. You know, of course, it depends on the worker, but the emphasis on this is that the sex worker has to be a consenting adult. And of course, it has to be consensual. Now, the next question is, why do some people engage in sex work? But before I give my stand, I want to ask my brothers, why do y'all think some people engage in sex work? The money. Yeah, that's the obvious answer. (laughs) That that is 
That is the obvious answer, and you want to think that that's the only answer. Uh, economics. Attention. Hmm. Hmm. Mm-hmm. It could. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it could be adventurous curiosity. It could. It could be that. I mean, it is. It can be so many different things because I feel like, at least in my perspective, I don't. I don't judge. I don't judge a sex worker. Uh, I look at a sex worker the same as I look at someone working in a bank. Mm-hmm. They both. They both get money. They both doing what they need to do to get where they want to get to. Um, and, you know, everyone's situation is not the same, but I think ultimately it's just having empathy for people, and just really looking at people as people and not looking at them is what they do. Right. Like just because they do that doesn't mean that they're that person 24-7. Like, a stripper isn't always stripping. Like, a stripper can be a mom, an auntie, uh, someone that works in a community. I mean, it can be so, like, this is what I do. This is not who I am. So, yeah. And I definitely agree. I like that you mentioned that because I feel like it just makes me wonder why do where did that whole idea come from where where we use a person's work as something to define who that person to define who that person is you know people change even our careers change our work changes so why are we using these things to judge people and to demean people and to attack people um but i also in agreement with all the things that you guys said why do people engage in sex work i know for me in doing the research and doing some research one of the most common things i found was financial support because mm-hmm. a lot of people who engage in sex work may have a hard time finding a job or keeping a job or um in having those circumstances you know you may still have to provide for your family you still got kids you got to feed and you know you need the money you gotta do what you gotta do. So, again, you know, it's just like that's how they—that's how they make their money. But at the same time, like, why are people judging them for the how they get their money? You know, it's kind of like what what Kaylin said. You know, you got bank tellers that work at the bank. You got people that work at the airport. You know, like. They just get their bag different. But at the end of the day, they're still working to provide for their families. And at the same time, we don't know what anyone's, we don't know what people are going through, coming from. And honestly, y'all, there's more poor people on this planet than there are wealthy. And in me saying that, I feel that there's so many ways that people are trying to obtain wealth or cross over this financial threshold to get their family to the next tax bracket. You know, people are doing these things. They're, they're going about getting to that place in a variety of ways. And at the end of the day, it's like we all struggling trying, you know, we all trying to figure it out pretty much. That's what I'm saying. I feel like I'm taking a long time to say <laughs> this, but <clears throat> um, there was another quote I wanted to share with you guys really quick. And it comes from that same article I shared with you guys before. Um, I'm just going to read the quote really quick. Then we can all give our commentary. It reads, 
the factors that lead people into sex work are obscured are obscured by prejudice, moral indignation, and general misinformation. Poverty, gender, inequality, inadequate education, and lack of economically viable jobs, viable job options contribute to the reasons many people enter into sex work, but these conditions are rarely mentioned in the public policy debate on sex work, end quote. So in reading that, that really made me think about, you know, is this intentional so far as like the, and not talking about the backgrounds and sharing the stories of sex workers, you know, where they come from, um, where their families come from, and really just talking about or shedding light on their struggles. Um, Give me a second, y'all. Okay. My brain is all over the place. Um, shit. Can I go back to the quote? Yeah, hold on. I'm looking over it right now. I know I have it. Saying people being poor. Sex work prejudices. Oh, what was I about to say? I had it. God dang it. Oh. Breathe. Mm-hmm. Just take a moment. Breathe. Review your notes. Go back to the quote. Concentrate on what you know you wanted to, wanted to say based on the quote. okay I'm gonna just start um, by reading the quote again this is your show let's get it Hold on, y'all. Okay. Okay. So I found this really amazing quote from the same article that I shared with you guys earlier, and I'm just going to go ahead and read it. It reads, the factors that lead people into sex work are obscured by prejudice, moral indignation, and general misinformation. Poverty, gender, inequality, inadequate education, and lack of economically viable job options contribute to the reasons many people enter into sex work. But these conditions are rarely mentioned in the public policy debate on sex work, end quote. So I really wanted to share that quote with you guys because I feel like that quote highlights the governmental role of sex work. Because there's a lot of policing when it comes to sex work. You know, um, anyone who's, if you're a prostitute, you know, and if you're caught on the street, 
engaging in those activities, you'll go to jail. But I feel like a lot of times, you know, we always hear about, we only hear about one side of the story. So I really Mm -hmm. wanted to share that with everyone just so we can all consider not just the police's side of the story or the sex worker side of the story, but also look into like the governmental role and seeing how their, um, their role in this as well. So my question for you guys and in hearing that quote, well, I guess my first question will be, what are your thoughts when I shared that quote with the both of you? It's not surprising. Um, and honestly, it reminds me of a video I saw on Facebook where it was like people at a abandoned house where they know a, a, like a child prostitution ring was going on and they called the police and the police supposedly showed up. But it looked like the police were going inside and like finding them. But really, they were like behind the house sneaking the sneaking the children out like into a van or something. Oh, that was and then, and then people came from behind and was like, "Yo, they 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 not even helping. They stashing them away." So it's like, it's like, man, are you doing it right in front of our face? So you, it, it, it now it's not even covert no more. It's like it's just in, it's in there, it's out there. So that just makes it even more like they don't, they don't care about our girls. Mm-hmm. They, they don't care about our women. They don't care about us. And um, the lack of respect is there. I mean, the lack of respect. Yeah, yeah, I said that right. The lack of respect is there. So uh, it doesn't surprise me at all because it's like. Everything is everything is to help support the system and to keep the system well oiled and to keep the, the police satisfied with dealing with all these monkeys as they call us. They gotta ha- have something to chew off of. Like that's the only thing I can think of in this messed up crap system. Hmm. In my opinion. In the opinion of Noxus, aka Kevin Anthony. <laughs> As a face, y'all. I mean, I support my opinion sometimes, but that's what I think. You are hilarious. Just um, to say that. That's good. That's good. Um, I can definitely say uh, the quote is valid, and in presenting it from the aspect of saying that governmental, I guess you could say governmental blaseness is what truly helps and aids in all the other factors of keeping the waters murky around the subject of sex work. And you look at other places in the world that have accepted, because it is a position of acceptance. We may not agree with it, but we accept that people are going to figure out a way to proposition And there's going to be somebody on the other end of the proposition that's going to be willing to accept whatever the payment and there's going to be some type of negotiation of what this payment is going to be for the exchange of whatever the sexual act will be. And so those governments, whether local, state, or national, have taken into their hands the forwardness of thought 
to say, okay, let's work with those that provide the service. And that's big in itself. Think about that. That's big in itself to take sex work and attach the word service to it. Like, if you really think about what words mean and the way that we use them in language and the way that they're set up, subject to predicate, you know, verb to adverb, you noun to participle, you have to know that to say, okay, we're going to look at your, we're going to look at this activity and we're going to label it a service so that as a government, we can work with you to bring safety, both physical, which is health, and mental, which is uh, the actual setting in place those types of things that are necessary so that the, the, the service worker will have a safe, comfortable environment to provide the service. And so it's just like one of those things where it's like here in America, especially for the black community, it, they're not going to call it a service. It's not going to be called a service. And if it ever gets to the place of being called a service, I will say, I will go out on the limb like Brother Noxilis did and offer an opinion that may not be supported. And that <laughs> is, if inside the Black community, sex work begins to receive the title service from the American government, it'll be regulated by government. It'll be so heavily regulated by the government that they will not want, no one will want to be titled sex worker. In the same way that inside the Black community in America, an honorable profession such as police officer is shunned by over 70% of residents in the Black community. No one wants to be a police officer because the government has gotten to a place with the profession inside the Black community that is just that distasteful. Yep. I definitely, I, I just think it's so interesting because I was talking to one of my friends. Um, he used to be in the army and he was saying how, I think, what country was that? I think he said in Germany that it's almost like they're more accepting to sex work. Because he said, like, I think he said it was either at the train station or the airport. Like, as soon as you get off of your vehicle, they have, like, an entire building that, you know, sex workers, they, they do their work. But it's the fact that the building is, like, there at the airport or there at the train station. You know, like, it's not something tucked away kind of a thing. Because I feel like that would have a different tone compared to it being out in the open. So that is interesting seeing how different cultures treat it and look at it. Um, yeah, it's very, very, very interesting. One of the things that I wanted to add that I found interesting too was the intersectionalities of all the various systems. You know, I know we talk about racism and classism and um, sexism and things like that, but I feel like in have. In reading this quote, I was re really able to see those things coming together, especially when they said the factors that lead people into sex work are obscured by prejudice, 
sorry, not that part. Second sentence, poverty, gender, inequality, <laughs> inadequate education, and lack of economically viable job options. So yeah, the classism, the sexism, I would even add in racism. But I digress. Um, <laughs> the next question I have is why do y'all believe there is so much criticism and judgment towards sex workers? Because because my answer is because we are still to this day a people inside of a society inside of a country that whether we want to admit it or not, hold ourselves to a specific type of morality clause and we pass it down over generations. And because of that morality clause, certain professions, sex work being one of those areas where those professions are found are outside the bounds of that morality clause. I can definitely see that. Yeah. I was just about to say, just not no one having or making a decision for themselves. Like actually investigating it and saying, oh, this is how I feel about it. Instead, like Brother Soak said, it's what my grandma said or well, you know how such and such feel about it, or it's always like a deferring to something else. It's like, no, what do you feel about it? What is what does your moral compass say? And um, I think that's what we have to do with a lot of these things, because a lot of things, a lot of these taboo areas like masturbation, like sex workers, these these things that we need to talk about, a lot mm-hmm. of it is just ignorance, and we just don't know about it. And because we because it's taboo and it has been taboo for generations, we don't even want to tap into it to see what it could be or to see what's really inside of it. So, so yeah, I, I was really agreeing and just piggybacking on what you're saying. <laughs> and I'll throw a bomb. I mean, like, really, truly, I'll throw a bomb inside this episode. If we're, you know, and the bomb is this statement. We still, in this country, believe in possessing people Mm. as in you're an item, you belong to me, and the way I think about you is the way that you are to conduct yourself. Mm. Mm. That is how we move in a lot of various areas of this common life in America. This is why, again, and again, another bomb. This is why Caucasian people can stand in front of those that hold the title minority or the label minority. Let me say that. Hold the label minority and they can have a feeling of liberty to speak to the minority any kind of way they want without ever feeling a fear of retribution. This is why they always look surprised when retribution hits them in the face. (laughs) (laughs) 
Because to them, you're still a thing that I possess. So since I possess you and I hold the seat of majority over you, majority thought, I can talk to you however I feel like talking to you. And there's nothing you can do about it. But if you do do something about it, I actually have the full weight of this American government on my side. And that's how men feel about women. And that's how parents feel about children. That's how upper class feels about middle class and middle class feels about lower class. That's how corporate feels about blue collar. So we got all these different stratifications of possession and somewhere in all of that, the sex worker industry or the sex work industry falls in there and that's how it you know receives its its position on the outside of the moral clause of America. Well then well then that was a beautiful breakdown. That was. It was something that you said. I I had it, then I lost it. Uh, all I got was the God dang it, what was the first word? Crap. I lost it. I lost it. It's all right. Keep going. Okay. Um, but I was gonna add something else in addition to what you guys were saying. One of the things that I said about people criticizing and judging sex workers is because of jealousy. Mm. So <laughs> this, is, <laughs> this mm. is my spin on it. Pretty much, you know, not saying I just feel like to do sex work, you know, not saying that sex workers pretty much I'm trying to see how am I how am I saying this? Um shoot. Come on, King, you got this. When it comes to sex workers I feel like people kind of look at them as like oh I'm better than you kind of a thing Uh and I feel like in people having that when it comes to sex workers in general I feel like some people may turn their nose up at them because they get in the bag they just get in the bag differently and they may be doing a very great job in getting that bag Um, they may be doing such a great job they may be making a lot of money um, and I feel like people may get jealous of that because, you know, to them, it may seem like, oh, well, it's easy to go out there and do that to get money. But I mean, obviously it's not because, you know, if it was that easy, you know, a lot of people would probably do it. But, um, I just feel like it's, it can be one of those things where people are looking at them as you took the easy way out. And because you took the easy way out, you know, I chose this route and yeah, I still have my morale or, you know, whatever type of stuff people are thinking. Child, I just think people be jealous because they feel like they can't do it because they don't feel secure within themselves or comfortable with themselves to to engage in sex work. If that's something that they choose to do, if that's something that they want to do, if that's something that, you know, just because what, what did Childish Gambino say? Don't be mad because I'm doing me better than you doing. <laughs> that bar is so heavy. Yes. 
That don't part. be don't be mad because I'm doing me better than you doing you. Houseway. Right. Don't be mad, baby. Jump on board. Come on. Look at <laughs> right. us greatly together. Okay. But that was my tidbit I wanted to add. Um in addition to what you guys also said, I do feel like the moral code or the moral the aspect of morality when it comes to sex work I do feel like that's something that we should talk about more because I find it I think it sucks you know for a person to tell a person oh well because you're a sex worker you must not care about yourself you have no self-esteem and you do not love yourself and you devalue yourself and you know I don't feel like that's true I don't feel like we should tell people things like that Right, it's like a you know, it's like a cultural understanding of how to view a, a a profession. Like every doctor is a miracle worker and a saver. Like no, some of these some of the people be killing folk on purpose. Right, they and, they they be murderers, or not providing the most excellent of service to every patient that they come in contact with. Like if we're gonna hold them up on a moral pedestal to say that they are. That, you know, again, I like the way you said that, uh, Brother Knoxless, if a doctor is receiving high praise from a certain section of society or a certain section of the culture, but then there's also a secondary section that can say, well, no, he didn't do such a great job with a hundred of us. And that's because we didn't have the right kind of money to pay or we came in on Medicaid or we came in on the county assistance and he just so happened to be there that night. You know, this is why in the law, when it comes to lawyers, this is why lawyers get bad names. Why? Because when it comes to our judicial system, the poor and indigent receive lawyers who don't rate their clients because they are poor and indigent on the same level as a paying client. Mm. So they don't work as hard. And when you tell that to a lawyer, a lawyer takes offense to it. Like I provide the best service to all my clients. Then why is it when you do pro bono work, you tend to offer plea deals to those clients but when you have paying clients, nine times out of 10, they don't have to plead out and they beat their case. You're a very good lawyer for the people that pay you money. So in that same respect, inside culture, it goes back what you're saying about sex workers. Sex workers, for whatever reason, I mean, there are many different reasons, but for whatever reason, are viewed in that same way by the majority of the culture. And if we're being very specific, there's still, you know, again, I'm the older, and I'm not trying to play that card, but I am the older of the three, and I can tell you from 60, well, let's go back to the 50s. Black America, 19, okay, a bomb. I'm throwing another bomb. <laughs> Bombs over Baghdad. <laughs> From 1950 to 2020, that's 70 years, 1950 to 2020, Black America, Black women throughout the 70 years have released 
the connotation that was attached to fellatio. In 1950, hardly any black women would perform fellatio if they were single. 2020, it's hard to know. I mean, like, come on, let's be honest. I ain't even got to say it. We know us. We know what happened in 2020. But it's I'm not. But here's what I'm trying to say. As the decades progressed, the release of the connotation that was attached to fellatio just for the everyday black woman became less and less important because the culture moved further and further away from everything that was attached to that connotation. 1950s black woman wouldn't dare. And I'm and when I say wouldn't dare, I'm saying this with a surety. Wouldn't dare show her cleavage. 2020 black woman married, single, divorced, baby mama, whatever in whatever identification she fell under, if she felt like showing her cleavage, couldn't nobody tell her she was wrong to show it and she didn't she wouldn't lose any respect of any other member of the black community just because she did show her cleavage. So in that respect, we can talk about sex work today from this perspective because our culture has went through a major shift over the last 70 years. Yeah. Even when I think about um, music artists such as Megan Thee Stallion, The City Girls, Cardi B, Sweetie, yeah, I'm, I'm going to just start with them Them four. Um, just thinking about some of their lyrics. I'm trying to think of a, shoot, what's a child? Come on, I know you, you can sing them. See, that's the if I promise you, if I if we want to record it right now, I'll be able to sing a lyric right there on the spot. <laughs> okay, coming to me right now. Hands uh, on my knees, shaking ass on my thought shit. Right there, you go. There you go. There we go. There we go. Uh, I had a city girls one. They'd be like, uh, I need a that's gonna swipe them visas. Yep. <laughs> Where that bag at? Where that bag at? Yep. So yeah. Yeah, um, I feel that pop stars definitely has a, a connection in the culture surrounding sex work changing, um, which I find interesting because it's like I, I feel like pop stars will sing about sex work and being sex workers, but it's like, are they really sex workers? I'm not saying you got to be a sex worker to sing about sex work, but I mean... I guess no. Then that, do do we have a clear definition outside of what you gave at the top? Do we have a clear definition that's commonly known within the culture that defines sex work? See, that's that that's that's the question. Who who is a sex worker? Because some because one person might say, "I'm not a sex worker," but by definition, yeah. No, I'm specifically thinking about a therapist who deals primarily in assisting people who are going through some type of sexual trauma. 
They're dealing primarily uh, with the matter of sexual activity. And, and yes, trauma is attached to it. So are they a sex worker? And yes, that's splitting the hairs. That's me being, you know, that's me being facetious a little bit. But at the end of the day, it does ex- what we're talking about. Does it? Can it be lumped in to the to the phraseology sex worker? Can the person that delivers <laughs> delivers adult toys through the mail for that short period of time, are they a sex worker? I'm trying to go back to the, the top of the page looking at the <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I'm trying to think of it like dang bro, because is it if it's a if it's an exchange for goods. Goods, yeah. Sex workers are going to receive money or goods in exchange for essential services. Yeah, goods and services. Well and we could yeah, we could go through <laughs> we could go through this all night because at the end of the day. And and oh man, I know what I'm saying. I mean, like I do. I know what I'm finna say. I know what I'm about to say. Um, the 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 girlfriend, the fiance, the wife, the husband, that the boyfriend that desires that new outfit, those new Jordans, that new Gucci bag, those those you know that trip to Turks and Caicos. And they know that if they provide certain services, tricking. Well, again, is it tricking? You know, right, 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 right. It ain't tricking. You got it. Is it tricking? Sex work. Hmm. Questions. 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 Dang. You know, this made me think of what sugar babies. <laughs> Dang, yo, this thing is deep. Talk about it. This thing is deep. Dang, What's but it's not. Baby? But that's not a sugar baby. Is is a younger person? It could be male or female that dates an older person, an elder person, a more seasoned uh, human, and uh, <laughs> yeah, usually get paid for get paid for. Um, services, but that doesn't all, always have to do with sex, though. It can be just, you know, uh, uh, what, what, not, not community. Um, what, um, dang, what is the word? Companionship. But if some, some people just want companionship, so it does not necessarily just sex. So I retract, I retract, I retract. Hmm. And so I that, I, that, that did make me think of it, though. I was just going to mention, I like that you mentioned that sex workers are not just women. I know we talked about that a little bit yesterday, you know. Heck yeah, man. Like, I feel like it's really messed up that every time we think about sex workers, automatically women is like the very first thing that everyone, well, I'm not going to say everyone, the very first thing that I think about and I feel like I hear a lot whenever the topic is brought up. And I think um, it's just... I think that's that. I think that's sexist to automatically put women in in that in that view mm-hmm. of like. I feel like that puts women as just oh, you just good for this. Like you just good for opening your legs and in, in the kitchen. Like no, women are humans. 
and let's stop treating them like they're not and like they're possessions because they're not. Okay. Y'all hear that? That's coming from my big brother. Okay. <laughs> so, so yeah. And, and it. And then just and then just normalizing just the field of sex work. Like there are men out here too laying the pipe, you know what I'm saying, and getting paid sufficiently for it. So yeah, you know and we have to acknowledge that both those individuals, whether male or female, they made a decision to enter into that field. And and again, I'm sorry, y'all. I'm I'm I, I know that as we continue to speak through this topic, and we've all agreed during the production meeting that we would we would definitely do our best to stay as neutral as possible. I'm just amazed, like literally, I am just amazed that we in this day, at this particular point in history. As Black Americans, we are doing our best to not strip respect away from our brothers and sisters. Like, we're literally doing our best to carve out a conversation and not devalue a Black life. Like, that is, that is just, that's just, that's, I mean, like, this is monumental to me. This is this is what the culture needs to be doing across the board, no matter what we're talking about. We yes. could be talking, we could be talking about the dog catcher, we could be talking about the bus driver, we could be talking about anybody, but do your best to not devalue a black life. Like you might not agree with the route that these people went. That might not be the route that you want to go. But don't strip them of their value as a human, as a black individual, because we don't know what the circumstances are. We really do not know. And and for anybody whoever knew a sex worker, whoever had a friend that came to you in confidence and said, I got to reveal something to you. I need you to know you're the only one I can trust with this information because I need somebody I have to talk to. And they revealed to you that they're a prostitute or they're a sugar baby or they're, you know, working at a massage parlor or they're a or they're a phone sex operator, or they are participating in the in the adult film industry, or they are, you know, what whatever other job title goes under the heading sex workers. And they reveal that to you. And they're your friend. Like, don't strip these people of their value. Right. And that's that's again. I can't. I. It's just. I'm. I'm sitting here like, wow. We we really are at a place mm-hmm. in history where we're doing our best to keep the value of black life high. Like that's that's monumental to me. 
And I love that you said that because I feel like that goes into my next question. But before I before I answer it, I just wanted to say a little bit on in addition to what you said, because I love that you say that or I love that you said that. But I feel like when it comes to not just sex work, but a lot of things involving the world as a whole, I feel like people are always like, oh, man, that's how you know the world is ending. Look at all this stuff that's going on. But it's like. In what you just said, Brother Stokes, like, yes, the culture surrounding sex work has changed over time. I feel like specifically in the United States of America, it's being more accepted. Um, We still have um, ways to go, of course. But just knowing that it's all about love, y'all, like no matter what a person, no matter what a person chooses for themselves, loving people loving people, loving people, loving people. I feel like that's what's important. No matter what they choose for themselves, what lifestyle they may engage in, what career they may engage in, what they wear, love people. I feel like that's the most, that that's, that's, that's what I got from what Brother Stokes just said. And, um, child, yeah. But, Going on to the question that I had for us, because Brother Stokes just yes came through. Laid it down. Hey, my question. My next question is: How can we ensure our communities become inclusive and supportive to sex workers in our communities? Like, how can we make our communities more supportive, more safe, more inclusive to sex workers? What are things that we can do? Because I feel like a lot of, you know, we did a lot of discussion. We had a lot of a lot of conversation talk about how people feel about people who um, are sex workers and things like that. But, like, what are some things that we can do to combat these, those kinds of things? The, the, the immediate answer that popped up in my head is just have more conversations. Mm-hmm. And um, honestly, just have more conversations with sex workers. Like, no matter how uncomfortable it may be, just have a conversation with them because you'll begin to realize, oh, this is a person. (laughs) Like, Mm -hmm. this is not an alien. This is not somebody that doesn't experience the things that I experienced. This is a person just like me. They just choose to do something different with their time. Uh, I think really that that's that's where it starts, man, is really just willing to have the conversation. I feel like. That that that's what we have to do as a community. We just have to be willing to have the conversation because there's a lot of things that can be learned, a lot of things that can be fixed, a lot of things that can be just just gotten rid of totally if we just were willing to have a conversation with each other and willing to understand one another as well. Because another thing to 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 talk to somebody is another thing to listen to them and actually feel their heart. And, and 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 understand where they're coming from. So yeah. Brother Stokes. Um, in that same way, it, it it's just literally what Brother Knoxley said. It's just different words. If a person approaches you that is a sex worker and they have questions about the field of work you're in, don't dismiss them like they can't transition. Mm-hmm. Again, and I like this because it was brought up in our production meeting earlier this week. 
uh, Brother Knox List had made, you know, the reference to the Players Club. Diamond was not just working at the Players Club. She was working at the Players Club to earn tuition so that she could get her degree. Mm-hmm. And yes, that is a classic uh, archetype for most women who enter into the strip clubs or the or or the enter into the profession of exotic dancers. But you also have people that may be sex workers and they're looking to get into real estate or they're looking to get into you know uh, uh, financial planning or whatever, you know, they could want to be a seamstress or whatever. It doesn't matter, you know, or it could be a, a, a guy that's young and he want to be a mechanic or he want to become a chemical engineer, or, you know, whatever. If they come to you and you're in that field, it would like literally don't let your mind slide if they reveal to you that they're in the sex work industry. Like, treat them like they're working at McDonald's or they're working at a bank or they're working somewhere else and they're looking to transition away. They're looking for information. So it's just what Brother Knox has said. Have a conversation with them. Just sit down and have a regular conversation with somebody. And if they ask you a question on, well, how did you get there or how did you do that? Don't dismiss them like they can't make that transition or they might, they might want to make that transition. You never know. You never know where you're meeting somebody at. They might be ready to make that transition. But if they don't, don't trip on them and don't think you got to force them out of that situation. Like, just have a conversation with them. Talk to them. You know, hey, how you doing? Okay, everything all right? Cool. Have a great day. See you later. Just normal. Go ahead. That's it. Oh. Um, well, in addition to what you two just said, I was going to say be teachable. Mm-hmm. Listen, because I feel like, you know, people may have their own attitudes and feelings about how they feel about sex work or sex workers in general. Push all that to the side. Come on. You don't know it all. You can learn some. They could be putting you on game. Okay. You could be away from a nice hustle bag. Okay. And now you can't even get your hustle back because you got too much pride. <laughs> Just shame. Just plain shame. Be teachable. You don't know it. You don't know it all. Uh, that was my last tidbit. But any final thoughts? Um, I'd say just be open to love. Mm-hmm. Amen. Yeah. Just be open to love. Amen. And if you are, my final thought is for those of us that are 35 and older, if you're 35 and older and you remember a time when people used to talk bad about and, you know, talk bad about sex workers, look down on sex workers, treat them like they got leprosy. Understand that we're in a very, very different point of time within the Black community within America. Those things that were once taboo and you should never want to talk about are being spoken about openly 
in various parts of the culture. And sometimes they're being spoken about proudly. So, hey, like Miss Keeks just said, open your ears up. Listen, be teachable. And don't strip these people of their value. They still got value. They still are human beings. And they are not your possession. You do not get to sit there and tell them, get up on the shelf, don't come down till I tell They're not your thing to possess. They are human beings. And that's yeah. my final thought. What's my final thought? Mm, what, what do I want to add on top of this? Hmm. Be safe. Be safe. I feel like that can go across various. It goes. It goes across every realm, every aspect. Be safe. Be safe. Be careful. Um, and to anyone who may be a sex worker, and you may find yourself in a place where you may feel like you don't. That's what I. That's what I should have did. You know what? I'm gonna try to find that. Can we do that, y'all? Can we find? I'll uh, try to research some support groups here in Charlotte. Of course. And post those and share those on our page. We definitely, we definitely will do so. And if anybody's listening right now and you're hearing this and you beat us to the comment punch, (laughs) you get the comment because you actually know the information. Go ahead and drop that in the comments. That's on Instagram. That's SFA dot Charlotte. On Facebook is SFA Charlotte. And then you can also, if you want, reach us individually. And that will be at Knox List on all social media uh, pages and outlets. K-N-O-X-L-I-S-T. That's Brother Knox List. And then Miss Keeks. And that's Lord have mercy. Lord have mercy. R D E dot H A V E M E R C Y on Instagram. And uh, you can also, if you want, reach me. That's Brother Stokes. And that uh, that is at Go See Big Bruh. Go See Big Bruh. G O S E E B I G B R U H on Instagram. Oh, mother-freaking-K. <laughs> okay, okay. A shooter gonna shoot. <laughs> pew, pew. Everybody go die. Oh, what about the baby monkey? Oh, wow. <laughs> Back to the baby monkey. Oh, man. Oh, we want to thank y'all for tuning in. This has been another episode of SFA Charlotte, where we always striving for achievement. We thank y'all so much, y'all. We appreciate y'all's support. Make sure y'all leave y'all feedback and y'all commentary. Y'all already got our social media. Y'all got our profiles. Hey, go ahead and, you know, go ahead and reach out to it. We want to hear from y'all. We want to talk to y'all. We hope y'all continue to enjoy the rest of y'all day. Y'all continue to have a blessed one. Hopefully y'all get some shade. I know it's been real hot. Ciao.
But we hope y'all enjoy the rest of y'all evening, peeps. Peep, I said evening, child of the Lord. <laughs> y'all enjoy y'all day. We love y'all. Shop for TV always. Yes. <laughs> we are. <laughs>